Good afternoon. I'm John Palchicchio, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, and I want to welcome you to the Recovery Weekly Check-In. Uh, we've got a pretty packed agenda uh, this week, uh, so we wanted to uh, welcome you, but get started. Uh, before we do, I wanted to uh, bring up some information uh, that we wanted to share with you about uh, the Small Business uh, Brief uh, Advice Legal Clinic. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, uh, but what it is is it's uh, an ability to speak one-on-one -on -one with a lawyer, uh, for free. This is a program that the mayor's office has done for the last several years with the D.C. Bar uh, and their pro bono uh, center. Uh, and it'll take place on uh, Thursday, October 29th, uh, from 12 to 5 p.m. So if you're a, an existing small business or an aspiring entrepreneur, you can get one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, advice with uh, an attorney. Uh, and so we'll work to put this information up on both our social media as well as uh, coronavirus.dc.gov uh, slash recovery, uh, which, as you know, is where we list all the information that we share uh, on these weekly recovery updates. Uh, so please do sign up uh, for your appointment at the uh, uh, free legal advice clinic uh, brought to you by the D.C. Bar uh, Pro Bono Center. Uh, so with that, I want to get right into our presenters. Uh, today we've got a number of presenters, uh, and the first one to kick us off is the director of the Department of Employment Services, uh, Dr. Unique Morris Hughes. Thank you, Deputy Mayor Falchicchio, and uh, welcome to everybody at home. And I want to um, also uh, say hello to the esteemed panel on both my right and left. Um, I am Dr. Unique Morris Hughes, the director of the DC Department of Employment Services. Um, and not only do I bring you updates on information related to unemployment insurance and what the DC Department of Employment Services is doing to help uh, bring district residents back to work safely, um, but I also bring some good news about the types of services and programming that we are offering. Uh, fantastic, and you've got two employers. Uh, I, I do, I do. So, um, both of our employer partners are just that. They are partners. Um, they have done a fantastic job in um, not only getting district residents back to work, um, but always being open and flexible and thought partners um, on how we can offer better services and be better partners to the business community. Um, and so we have Tom McCullough, um, who is president of the McCullough Construction Company. And then we also have Victor Holt, who is president and CEO um, of VTech solutions. I'm really excited that you'll have an opportunity to hear from them today. Uh, and before we get to that, you've got a little bit of an update about where we are in terms of the D.C. labor market. I do. Uh, so everyone uh, knows and is living through um, what is really unprecedented unemployment uh, uh, insurance and unemployment here in the District of Columbia and the region. Um, and so this just gives you a snapshot of what we really already know, um, that our unemployment rate is really at a, um, a, a high compared to last year. Uh, as of September 2020, we're really at about 8.7% um, in the District of Columbia um, with uh, labor uh, force participation just under uh, 400,000. 
I, I don't want to steal the thunder of my colleague, Director Smith, who's going to um, give a lot of important and relevant information about uh, labor market participation and what's happening in, uh, in the workforce sector, but this just gives a snapshot of where we're currently at today. And so this, also, this table illustrates the um, really a look back of unemployment rates um, since 1976. Um, and you'll see, although there have been years uh, prior to 2009 where, 2009 where there has been a higher unemployment rate, um, where we're currently at today um, is much higher than where we were at four years ago. And so I'm really excited to talk about what we're doing to put district residents back to work, um, of course, in a way that is safe for everybody. Um, but at the Department of Employment Services and really under the um, vision and innovation of our Mayor Muriel Bowser, the Office of Talent and Client Services that we created about a year ago is really focused on um, three unique and distinct activities. One is strategy and planning to DC businesses um, that want to grow their workforce. Two is workforce and human capital pipeline building. So we have a lot of district residents that come to us that are looking for their next opportunity and we are able to help support businesses um, by helping to build the workforce and human capital pipeline um, and doing some strategy uh, sessions. And then next is recruiting and hiring. Um, we have a lot of amazing programs that help district residents get back to work um, that come from all over the District of Columbia. And it's our way of um, bringing uh, programming that not only helps uh, build occupational skills, but helps to build the knowledge base of district residents that are interested uh, and maybe a, a upskilling in their current profession or uh, upskilling in a new profession. And so I want to invite everyone who is interested in learning more about our Office of Talent and Client Services to visit does.dc.gov. Again, that's does.dc.gov. And so you may be thinking, well, when I go to the does.dc.gov website, what exactly will I, will I see? And what exactly do we have to offer? And so we can offer everything from resume development, uh, job searching. If you are an employer, you can post your open and vacant positions um, in our um, amazing uh, web-based tool called DC Networks. Um, we offer unique services to veterans. Um, we also can support you through coaching and interview techniques. We also have a digital literacy and financial literacy workshops available. Um, and then basic computer skills and technology training. So we like to be a jack of all trades because we know that we are in the business of getting district residents back to work um, and really promoting the district human capital. And so without further ado, I'd like to turn it back over to you, Deputy Mayor. Great. And uh, uh, we've got a couple of guests that uh, Janice has mentioned. Uh, the two guests that we have are uh, Tom and Victor, uh, who've been working with the Department of Employment Services uh, and hired DC residents through uh, first source agreements. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were going to tell us a little bit about that, and Tom was going to start us off. Thank you, Dr. Morris Hughes. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. So we're, we're a 
construction company in Washington, D.C., and about 50% of our work, I would say, has some type of government involvement. We actually uh, have a first source agreement on about half, you know, half of our projects. So one of the challenges in the industry right now, although unemployment is high, um, the construction industry requires a certain amount of skill and a certain amount of training before a man or a woman really walks on a job site because we want to really keep everybody safe. So what we started with DOES, actually, um, it is truly a partnership with DOES, and, and there's a lot of people that should get credit for it. Um, Scotty Irving with Blue Sky has been a big help. Uh, Principal Hayes at uh, Anacostia High School mm -hmm. uh, really helped us get this thing off the ground. But what we're doing is we're, we're setting up a training program with ABC, Associated Builders and Contractors, and we're actually doing core training for DC residents who have no experience in construction. And the core training starts off with construction safety, where the individual gets uh, OSHA 10 training, CPR training, and all the basic training knowledge to work on a job site. Um, after the OSHA training, we go into uh, basic skills for construction. We, we teach uh, blueprint reading classes, and we also work uh, in carpentry, mechanical, and electrical. Because a lot of times when you're interested in construction, you really don't know what trade you, you want to get into, and there's a certain amount of introduction uh, to, to the individual trades that we can give a person you know, to decide what, what field to go into. So after the core training, and, and we did three sessions at Anacostia High School where we trained 25 to 30 people, and it's a serious commitment. The commitment is, is 10 weeks, it's four hours a night, two nights a week, and you have to really attend 90% of the classes to graduate. Um, once you graduate, we actually require that our subcontractors, between us, the GC, and our subcontractors, we require them to hire a certain amount of people. So this is not a, a, a goal or it's not a best effort thing. Um, if I hire Hardesty Concrete to do the concrete work, they have to hire four people from our class and give them a serious shot at construction. So it's really good for the individual because they know there's a good chance uh, they're going to get a job and a meaningful job in construction when they graduate from our class. And it's really a great opportunity for the subcontractors and for us because we know that this person who is, has committed themselves for 10 weeks, um, and it's a serious commitment, you know, has put in the effort to, to deserve an opportunity. So it's, it's an alternative program to the mandatory hours required, but so far it's been very successful, and we're going to start up another class, 10-week uh, class, starting next Tuesday. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you for uh, talking to us about that. And I know we have another uh, employer uh, joining us today, uh, and that's Victor Holt. Uh, Victor is the president and CEO of VTech Solutions, uh, and he uh, has a built environment as well that he works on, Tom, uh, but his uh, is also a little bit more virtual uh, than yours. So we'll go to Victor uh, to talk about what he looks for when he's uh, looking to hire DC residents. You know, one of the first things that we always do is uh, reach out to DOES. Uh, matter of fact, Dr. Martins, we participated earlier today in the um, Talent Tuesday with Ms. Carr and Ms. Johnson as we are actively looking for um, IT uh, 
employees right now. But um, through the years, we, we, we have worked with you guys and have been very successful as far as um, really uh, teaming with you to find residents that are looking for opportunity that we can provide that to. Um, over the last year, we have um, became an Amazon partner, and this was a direct result of our relationship and working with TCS. We were at the TCS kickoff when you had it, and uh, we met some of your stakeholders there, told them what we were attempting to do, that we had just partnered with Amazon, and we was able to do the training at your um, training academy over in um, Southeast DC. And that training was a week-long training where at the end of the training period, um, individuals were able to become Amazon certified. So I really thought that was a big, big success in working with you guys. Um, aside from that, we have leveraged your OJT program, where we have folks internally at VTAC that work at our corporate office who have gone through it, as well as those who we have put on um, D.C. government contracts and or federal contracts. And uh, it, it has just been a great experience with us working with Ms. Carr, working with Ms. Johnson there, and um, being able to provide the residents of the district work opportunity. Great. And uh, Dr. Uh, Morris Hughes, uh, Victor used uh, terminology that you're going to have to explain to us. Sure. He said OJT. On-the-job training. And tell us how that program works. Sure. I've, and I don't know, uh, I think the mayor may have posted this this week, but can you see a smile behind the mask? And it, I had to take down my mask. I get really excited um, because Palm and Victor have really done an outstanding job of getting D.C. residents hired. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. But on-the-job training um, is a program that we have at DOES, and it allows employers um, to hire uh, a participant in one of our programs or someone that comes to us uh, in need looking for a job, um, and we will reimburse up to, I believe, it's 60% of the wages um, while the individual is working on-site on and on-the-job. Um, and so Victor has been able to take advantage of that program. And it's a great way for businesses to kind of try out an employee. It's a great way for people who come and visit us to try out a new job and a new industry to see if it's something they like. Great. So we'll come back to Unique, Tom, and Victor, talk a little bit more when we get to our discussion. Uh, but we have Tom and Victor on because there are employers who are hiring uh, even during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... Anna Smith, from our, uh, who runs our Workforce Investment Council, uh, recently did an analysis to think and to look at uh, what uh, industries were hiring and where there are opportunities. Uh, and then also, we'll prepare district residents for those opportunities. Uh, so with us now is Anna Smith to talk a little bit about that analysis and what's next. Thank you so much, Deputy Mayor, uh, and thanks to everyone for being here and for tuning in. Glad to be here. I'm Anna Smith, Executive Director of the Workforce Investment Council. Uh, we can go to the next slide. Um, uh, for those of you maybe less familiar with our work, 
Uh, I'm really pleased to follow these incredible employers and my colleague, uh, Dr. Morris Hughes, because our work really is in support of uh, all of the employers, all of the residents seeking jobs, and our agencies doing the, the heroic work of making sure that we connect people with opportunity. Um, we, we play in sort of these four primary roles, uh, leadership, oversight, resources, and innovation. And what I'll spend my time talking through, and we've got a bunch of slides, so I'll talk through it quickly, uh, are some of the resources. Our board is a business-led board made up of uh, employers and private sector partners, uh, really designed to advise the mayor and our agency partners on ensuring that what we're doing to prepare our residents is in service of ensuring that they are prepared for the jobs that exist now and also in the future. Uh, and so the data that we'll share with you is a st study that we did uh, with an outside consultant uh, alongside our partners and work with the Deputy Mayor for Education's office to help us get a better understanding of what are the needs and the opportunities we see in the short and then even the near term of the next three years as we help the district recover. So our primary uh, uh, high-demand occupation sectors um, are on this slide here. As you can see, uh, these are where we see the most uh, job postings um, historically in our, in our region um, and including the district. Um, obviously, things have changed as a result of COVID, and so our study uh, was really designed to look at um, what we project as the industries that will re return and recover soonest. Um, and then really think about what those jobs and occupations are and the skills needed to be competitive for those jobs so that all of the great work that Dr. Morris Hughes does, Department of Human Services, the State Education Office, and, and others do to support residents uh, is in line with our best thinking. Next slide. I won't talk through this slide too detail, in too great detail, but um, as you can see, we've sort of distilled to a number of focus areas where we know We've got to do a bunch of research, analysis, fact-finding, qualitative and quantitative to make sure that we are looking at the full picture. But summarizing it you know, uh, in its finest form, really we look at supply, demand, and capacity. What is the supply? Who are the people who've been impacted, who've lost their jobs, who need retraining or connection with opportunities? What, is, what are the demand we see? Who's hiring now or who will hire? Uh, and what does that look like over the next few years? And then what's our capacity as a city to uh, educate and provide training opportunities for those individuals? And that's done in partnership as we look at our K-12 space, our public education system, the University of the District of Columbia, uh, adult training programs, publicly funded, those in the private sector space, and others. Um, and essentially, these are the primary buckets of work that we are focused on and do a lot of coordination across the system with uh, and will likely focus on for the next couple of years. Next slide. Um, essentially, the key questions that we sought to answer through this study, and I'm going to give you a really quick snapshot. We will make some of this available on our website, and I can share that later. Um, we're looking at, you know, what are uh, the industries that are going to recover and at what pace? Um, what are the kinds of qualifications? Because we know that a lot of D.C. residents who may have been impacted have a lot of skills, have a lot to offer. And while we know that um, industries like hospitality and tourism have been hit hardest, folks can use those skills from that industry, from those jobs, to transition and transfer into other sectors where we know there's more likely to be more jobs in the future. And so these are the questions and the that really guided a bunch of our analysis. And again, a quick overview of this slide. I won't speak too deeply, but what was really helpful for us and what we worked with our partners to do was to think about what are the types of buckets of jobs that we want to be thinking about ensuring we are prepared to prepare people for. Uh, and so we, we bucketed them into these zones. We know that 
there are a lot of opportunities. Um, there are organizations and businesses that continue to hire. Um, and we also know that um, some of the places where industries are coming back soonest may not have those jobs that we know will lead people to family-sustaining wages um, and to the middle class. And so it's a balance. We want to help ensure that folks are connected with jobs uh, uh, in the near term, those sort of zone one, zone two jobs uh, that have low barriers to entry that folks could pivot into quickly, while also making sure there's some connection to jobs that might require additional training, ensuring that there are pathways for these individuals. And so we look at both um, uh, pathway ability is a, a word we are coining um, to see what could lead to other jobs with higher wages, um, and also attainability. What are places that people can get into jobs soonest? And so that takes us to this next slide, which shows us what we've identified as the 30 highest opportunity occupations in the near term. And it's a mix. We know uh, that there are jobs and opportunities across all sectors. Uh, we know that healthcare and those jobs in the sort of computer and information technology space are more likely to rebound and, and grow and see growth in the near term uh, than other sectors. And we also know that those are sectors where we can get residents into higher, higher wage occupations most quickly. Uh, and so this is a tool that we are using across all of our agency partners to help uh, as we think about where we need to add more capacity for more training opportunities and also think about what it takes to prepare people for these skills based on uh, the skills that they already bring with them. So that's what we'll talk about in these last couple slides and then I promise I will turn it back over to my colleagues. Um, but one of the things that we looked at as we thought about both the supply and the demand was who are these individuals that Dr. Morris Hughes talked about that we know um, have been impacted, who have lost their jobs? What are the skills and the strengths that they bring with them? And so I, I won't belabor the point, but we looked at um, all of the occupations and some of the key knowledge, skills, and competencies that are needed for those occupations that people lost jobs from. Again, we know hospitality, tourism, retail were hardest hit. Um, and then we looked at some of the occupations where we know there will be demand. And this slide shows us that there are um, certainly areas where we will need to think about how our training programs, how our wraparound services help people in the skill areas that will be needed for those jobs that will exist. And so as you can see, um, a lot of these we might say, I hate the use of soft skills, but core skills, active listening, engagement, customer service will be skills that will be needed across the board. And we know that a lot of folks have those, those skills already, but that those will be uh, particularly important as we are building out and scaling some of our training and retraining opportunities uh, for those individuals coming out of the hardest hit sectors. Uh, and then um, almost finally, the last one I wanted to just sort of emphasize um, in our research, in our study, was that we know that there's going to be a lot of demand in not just the District of Columbia, but our region. You know, we've seen more than 140,000 people filing for unemployment insurance just in the district. Many of them live in Maryland and Virginia. Um, and we know that there's going to be a great need as we think about those who've been impacted and the forecasting of what we see as new or returning jobs in the next 36 months. And so one of the things we're also really focused on alongside our agency partners and with our business partners is the issue of equity. How are we helping those individuals uh, with less than a bachelor's degree, with the, the, the most barriers, uh, be advantaged as they're entering the labor market? Because we know they're going to be competing against even more folks. And so I think on-the-job training, skills, and experiences we can give to our residents will be particularly important. 
And then the final slide just summarizes some of the, the key areas of focus, both as we think of the workforce recovery in the short term, how do we connect people to those sort of zone one, zone two, zone three jobs that exist that people can pivot into quickly, while we also seek to build out a pipeline and training resources and connectivity to those wages and jobs and occupations that we foresee growth in that will also enable families to sustain uh, themselves and to remain in the district. And so these are some of the um, next steps that we have, and we are working alongside our board and our agency partners to put in place. Thanks so much, Deputy Mayor. Well, thank you for that uh, presentation. And also, there was a lot in there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of content, and uh, you went through it well. I kept pulling out slides that I wanted to ask more questions about, uh, but I'm sure our listeners and our watchers, will, viewers, will uh, have questions. Where can they, first and foremost, though, where can they find this information and uh, go through it themselves a little bit? So we'll, this is an abbreviated presentation. We will be making this available on our website, dcworks.dc.gov. So we will have this and more of the further analysis available for employers, residents, anyone seeking it. Great. Uh, and before we go to our next presenter, I do want to uh, mention that you can ask a question of any of the panelists. Uh, you can do so if you're on uh, the phone line uh, by dialing zero now, and that'll allow you to uh, get in the queue to ask a question live uh, or on social media. If you're in the Facebook feed, uh, you can uh, type a question in, and if you're on uh, social media like Twitter, you can use the hashtag DCHope, uh, and that'll bring you into the conversation as well. Uh, but next up, we have our uh, final presenter. Uh, some would say we saved the best for last year. <laughs> uh, so Director uh, Christy Whitfield uh, from the Department of Small Local Business Development uh, is going to tell us a little bit about the work that they were doing uh, in the last few weeks, especially the DREAM grant, uh, which is something that I know you worked on um, in, the, in the last few weeks. So uh, with that, uh, Director Whitfield. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with my colleagues and some, uh, some CBEs. It's nice to see, uh, so greetings to everyone. Um, you know, DSOVD has been busy working in partnership with the Deputy Mayor and the Mayor to make sure that we are continuing to be as aggressive as we can in these, uh, these pre-recovery times. I'm not sure what we're uh, exactly, you know, calling these times, but I think that, uh, you know, we know that our businesses continue to be on the forefront of the, this COVID pandemic, and we know that we have to do everything we can to be as aggressive in our help. And thanks to the, the deputy mayor and the mayor, um, DSLBD was very grateful that we had $200,000 of a grant assistance that we were able to offer Starting October 1, we, uh, we actually closed that grant round in the first week, and last week we're, uh, we're happy to choose 20 local businesses. Um, those businesses will be getting their, their funds very quickly. You know, we know that the businesses need the money, and the, the purpose of the DREAM grant is, that, is to make sure that while we are working on recovery, we are also still helping businesses pivot and thrive. You know, I think a lot of our businesses have been laser focused on survival, but we also want to make sure that people know Washington is still open for business and businesses are still starting. Uh, Dr. Morris Hughes talked about the fact that you know, some businesses are still hiring. You know, I think it is, it's important to remember that it's not all gloom and doom, that our entrepreneurs in our city are sometimes the most creative, best 
resources for, for interesting solutions. And so we are we're elated to be able to, on behalf of the mayor and the deputy mayor, support our smallest businesses and make sure that they are able to you know, persevere as best as best we all can. So those dream grants, um, again, those 20 businesses, all from Ward 7 and Ward 8, um, were excited last week to realize, and we are, you know, crossing our fingers and expecting to be uh, wiring them money as expeditiously as possible. Because the other thing we know is that this deputy mayor and this mayor are impatient to get their the resources into the pockets of the small businesses, and we're here, you know, as their advocates and envoys for that important work. Um, the other thing that I wanted to make sure, if we can oh, go back to the previous slide, um, we recently last month celebrated Art All Night. And Art All Night is a, is a citywide party where you know, people say it's the coolest party that you didn't know the government was hosting for you. And uh, we were, like everyone, uh, needing to pivot and do innovative things and also go virtual because of safety being at the forefront of everybody's mind. You know, the Art All Night is a, is a real collaboration of our businesses and our creative community. And we also schedule Art All Night in the same month with the Office of Film, Cable, Television, OSTCME, Director Angie Gates, <laughs> shout out. And, uh, and you know, our big, our big focus this year for Art All Night was making sure that people realize that the corridors and the creatives you know, can still work together even if it is virtually to make sure that we're amplifying all types of small business, you know, especially at a time when people aren't necessarily able to be together. The Art All Night this year was uh, a huge success. We had four showcases over, um, over the course of two weeks and then hundreds of virtual events. Uh, we were excited to celebrate you know, over 23,000 viewers during our live viewers, and that um, to date, 275,000 engagements of people with businesses. You know, the the other piece for us is that we know coming into the holiday seasons that we want people to be in the habit of engaging in every possible way with our small businesses and our creatives. So one of the greatest things that came out of this was creating the infrastructure that we think will be one of our models as we work through this, the small business season of encouraging people to stay engaged with small businesses, stay engaged with the creatives. And so we've got a website. It was dcartallnight.org where we had marketplaces in each of the corridors where people could go and purchase and engage with, uh, with all types of businesses. And we see this as really the you know, the early start of the holiday shopping season because we know that people will be looking for ways to continue to shop local and to continue to support our local businesses during the holidays. And so having that infrastructure in place early was really important as we made sure that we were able to remind people that, you know, there are other ways to get your, your resources, you know, other than Amazon and other big box chains that our local businesses have ways that we can virtually uh, serve you. So Art All Night was a great success, and we want to thank the mayor and the deputy mayor for making sure that this party was it was too important to, to cancel, and we want to thank everybody that participated and make sure that we keep, you know, keep participating. It's not too late. You can still see some of those showcases, but most importantly, you can go to those, that website, dcartallnight.org, um, and continue to support both the creatives and the quarters that were part of that. Um, Another big thing that, that we have been working on with support of the mayor and the deputy mayor is 
closing loopholes in the CBE law. And this is something that I'm very passionate and excited about. As the, as the director of this agency, I, I learned quickly that our, our ability to advocate on behalf of the small business community would only ever be as strong as the law we are, we are uh, chosen to uphold. And we know that there have been some gaps between the spirit and the letter of the law. So, you know, we are really grateful that Councilmember McDuffie has given a, a hearing date on October 29th to hear about the CBE law reform and to and to take it under consideration. But I think for, for any CBEs, I've got some CBEs here with us, and for some CBEs that might be listening, you know, I would say that there are really some very high-level um, high-level components of this law that I want people to really hear about. Um, we are trying to make sure that we weed out non-local CBEs, which is a pretty simple concept, but you, you think it would be easy to do, but it's not always as easy, easier said than done, and this law is going to help us really close that gap. We are really focused on making sure that we are protecting our CBE spend and meaning that when people are supposed to be spending with CBEs that they are and that when they are not, the, the penalties reflect the, the mayor and the deputy mayor's commitment to this law. Previously, our fine structure had been um, not the type of, you know, not as incentivizing as it will be. The, the proposal that the executive is making right now is that if beneficiaries are not spending the full amount of money that's supposed to be spent with CBEs, that the penalty will now be the gap between what you spent and what you were supposed to spend, as opposed to what amounts to a 3.5%. I see Victor sort of do the math in his head right there. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, so we're excited about that. And then finally, making sure that our, our CBEs and our subcontractors are being paid in a timely way. The, the Quick Payment Act is an important resource for CBEs, but our uh, suggestion to the law to the legislative branch is that we make sure that our, our small businesses are getting paid in a more timely fashion. And we've got language in here to make sure that the Quick Payment Act is triggered expeditiously and then that primes are submitted for payment in a, <coughs> in a consistent manner. You know, we know that you're only as good as the, the last uh, job you had in terms of getting a payment and we want to make sure that you know, some CBEs who have felt like they are being used as 0% financing, um, that that is no longer going to, to be the case. Um, we are, you know, we're going to be having a, a roundtable on this. I was happy to meet with the Government Affairs Committee of the D.C. Chamber recently, and um, I, we will have on our website, but uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock we're having an open house, and I'll uh, make sure we get that information uh, into the notes. Then last but not least, Deputy Mayor, and then we'll be able to get to uh, the rest of our discussion. I wanted to talk about our Build Back Better series that we've been doing because we know that our businesses are very busy, and but there's topics that sometimes you want to discuss or get information in the privacy of your own home or maybe after business hours. We've got a Build Back Better series where we have been talking with people who are service providers, with businesses who are pivoting, you know, as I said, our entrepreneurs are some of the most creative problem solvers that you'll ever meet. Um, but sometimes you need to be connected with other resources, and DSLVD is here to to help facilitate that. You know, not all the conversations are 
exciting, you know, the exciting pivots. We talk with people that are doing that work, but then, you know, one of the early sessions in the Build Back Better series was a, a sit-down that I had with a bankruptcy lawyer to have people realize that, that there are tools out there that are available to them, and, and I want to make sure that all of the things that, you know, I'm a former small business owner, the types of things that we worry about uh, in solitude under cover of night are available in a, con a conversational form for people to watch privately. Not everybody wants to sign up for a bankruptcy uh, work, work session, but I think that it's important to realize that those tools are available to people and that people should use them as the tools that they are without shame or, or regret. Um, and so please check out our Build Back Better series. And then also we are collecting other topics and ideas. So if there are things that people want to hear about or wish that we were talking to or experts that you wish you could have a, a little chat with, you know, we're asking all those questions that people we hope are asking, but also, you know, you can get that information without paying $400 an hour. So I say check out our Build Back Better series. Um, last but not least, we um, on our on our website dslbd.dc.gov, we will um, you know we've got a, a series of upcoming events. So we're doing a, a lunch and learn series. You know we have our district connect, which is coming up um, towards the end of the month, and then um, again, finally, last but not least, the small business roundtable. If you if you have questions, particularly about the CBE law reform, a red line version of the law is on our website in addition to uh, a summary with the high level changes that we are proposing. Um, we want to make sure that people have a chance to read and review this. And if they have comments or thoughts there, you know, I engage, I want people to engage in the process and make sure that their, their voices and thoughts are heard. So I think that is enough for right now. Um, thank you, Deputy Mayor, for the opportunity to, uh, to share this information, and we, uh, we look forward to continuing to partner um, with the small business community as we, as we forge ahead. And, Director, for the slide on the screen, uh, we mentioned a couple of different events. Where can folks that are listening or who are watching, where can they find the schedule of those events? They can find those events on our website, um, dslbd.dc.gov, and it's in one of the, the front carriage carousel terms where you can click and, and get a link. Also to our small business toolkit, which has a calendar of you know other upcoming events, both from D DSLBD and partner agencies that we uh, that we work with across the city. Great. And for those who are uh, listening or watching, if you're on the phone line, you can press zero now. Uh, and that will get you into the queue. Uh, we actually had a caller, uh, Dr. Enique Morris-Hughes, who asked, uh, but had to drop off the call, uh, he asked if you could repeat the information for where job seekers can go uh, to look for both jobs, but also that assistance on the job training side. Yes, yeah, so they can visit does.dc.gov. There is a tab um, at the top of the web page that says program. Um, or job seekers, um, and so I would step on that link and that will provide a host of information on the different programs we offer um, and how to register for DC Networks. Great, and before we pull some of the other callers into the conversation, I had a question for Tom and for Victor. Uh, Isaac can answer it first, uh, but when, if I'm looking to get into your industry, there's a lot of people who are looking uh, at a career change right now, looking for that next job opportunity. If I want to go into construction or into IT, uh, what do I have to get ready? How should I come to you uh, and show that I'm ready to work uh, for you? 
Is Tom or Victor? Who wants to take that one first? I'll, I'll take that one. So what we do, John, is we advertise all over the city and, and tell people where our next training class is going to be. So right now we're starting a job at Northwest One, which is on North Capitol Street. And what I'll do is I'll provide you the email um, that we can put um, on the website later today. So Marcellus uh, Jones Cobb is, uh, handles our training program, and you have to email him directly to, to get signed up for the class. Great. And so that class, how long do folks, should they plan to be in that sort of training? And Well, that's, uh, the, that's the core training that we do in conjunction with ABC. So that core training class is a 10-week class, and again, it's, it's uh, two nights a week for four hours per night from 4 to 8 p.m., the training is right across from uh, the construction the construction site. And I'll just give you the website right now because Marcellus just actually called me. <laughs> but um, the email, if, you, if you're interested, is it's, um, sorry. it's Marcellus, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-U-S, at McCullough dash construction.com. So if you email Marcellus, right now we have 25 or 30 uh, slots for the first session and maybe 10 or 15 people have signed up. So there's probably another you know, 15 or so slots left. Um, we're actually, if, if you don't get signed up for this one, um, there'll be another class that follows immediately after. And so, Victor, I'm uh, a deputy mayor. I know how to work my iPhone pretty well. I know how to tweet. <laughs> but if I want to make a jump into the IT space, how do I get myself ready, and how should I present myself to you as a potential employer? One of the first things that I always tell folks is to look in the mirror and ask themselves why. Why, why do you want to go into this space? Why do you want to work for this company? And, you know, get past the I need to pay a bill, I need to live, but why do you want to do what you're attempting to do as far as work for any company? What is the benefit and value that you're going to bring to that organization? Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, folks, they look at experience, and it was something that I shared earlier um, with Talent Tuesday today is um, – you know, employees, employers rather, we we can train, especially um, teaming with the OES through the on-the-job training program through the OJT. There's there's um, avenues to accomplish that, and you know that's something that we know how to partner with them to enable a potential employee to be successful. So, you know, as we talked about um, pivoting and transitioning, especially we know that hospitality has been hit very hard, and I, and I took a few notes. But, you know, hospitality, some of those skill sets, let me tell you how they transfer. They transfer into client service. They transfer into call center. They transfer into um, help desk. They transfer into outreach. Because those people, you know, someone said they didn't want to say soft skills, 
those, I call them goal skills, because certain things you just can't teach. It's either in a person or it's not. So I always look at why do you want to come work for my organization or any organization? What are you bringing to the table? And I always tell folks, you know, show me your faith. And a lot of times, you know, folks, I, I tell everyone, faith is not a word, it's an acronym. Show me your faith, your focus, your accountability, your commitment, and your execution, because those are um, intangibles that a lot of times you just can't teach. It's either in a person or it's not. And then you can start, you know, working with that candidate to um, build. IT is very broad, and by us being in the middle of a health pandemic right now, one of the messages that I put out to folks is technology is everywhere, and health IT is becoming a very sexy word. So if you understand health and you understand technology, there's a new opportunity for you there's a new journey that you can um, partake in. And a lot of folks, I think, miss the boat with that because they just want to be hardcore technology. But it's so much technology in health, and, you know, a lot of times it's not taken advantage of. So anyone, you know, that is coming into it, I always say, look at, the full spectrum. Look beyond, you know, if you can look beyond the network engineer, the application developer, and all of that, and understand where all of those skill sets are used, then you can broaden your horizon and be able to capture more or even bigger opportunities. Mayor, I would just also offer um, another resource. It's a great question. Um, Career Coach DC uh, on the Aussie website, uh, careercoachdc.emsicc.com, careercoachmzcc.com. It's on the Aussie Career Pathways website. There are a number of links. Uh, uh, a lot of this is targeted towards our career technical education younger students, but they're also applicable to adult learners as well. Uh, and on Career Coach in particular, uh, an individual can take a six or 60 question assessment. What are you interested in? What skills and strengths do you have? And it will take them to those occupations, to those industries, to know how they're, to, um, to our colleagues' uh, point, what transfers, what they bring with them, and how that could be applicable in another industry, as well as where they can seek training for those occupations. So Career Coach DC uh, is a great resource, uh, and the Career Pathways uh, site on aussie.dc.gov website uh, is another great tool for folks. And uh, I want to thank you for coining the phrase pathway ability. Pathway ability. That's a good one. Uh, building, I assume, off of Mayor Bowser's uh, pathways to the middle class. Um, I saw you shaking your head a lot when Victor was talking about sort of that skill set. Is that questionnaire, is that a good place for people to understand sort of the attainability uh, and the pathway ability of the, uh, you know, areas they might be interested in uh, applying to a job in? Absolutely. Uh, and I actually will give credit to Dr. Morris Hughes on this, but, um, you know, we, we often think about uh, from a deficit lens, but all of our residents, people who may be facing real challenges right now or have obstacles that they are working to overcome, 
brings such strength and how we talk, as you talk constantly about how, you know, we need to help residents and we need to think about it from our, for ourselves as well about what we bring to the table uh, and how to build upon that. And so I think some of the resources I just referenced are, are great places um, to help us remind and make those connections even more um, uh, direct and clear. But yes, uh, we know that um, there are a core set of skills that are transferable um, uh, and as we mentioned earlier, I think upskilling, um, that there are things that you can bring to the table and probably other things that you might need to learn more and differently, maybe more technical skills or maybe um, different computer skills that will help you into uh, a pathway, into an opportunity that is different from maybe where you've worked before. And that's where um, I would say the folks at Talent Science Services, the folks at the American Job Center, uh, that represent a number of agencies that provide support and services um, and case management to individuals seeking jobs, uh, they're a great place to start. And Dr. Marchese mentioned does.dc.gov, DC Networks, enrolling there, uh, and connecting with the American Job Center are all other great places for folks to, to look for. And uh, we're going to go into our callers in a moment, uh, but uh, just a question I think for Unique and Anna. So if you're a prospective employer, and you want to hire DC residents, what's your first stop? That's great. That's great. Um, so we want you to visit does.dc.gov. We want you to go to DC Networks, um, and there is a link for employers. We want employers to register. Um, there are so many uh, different ways that we can partner together from um, employers posting their jobs on um, the DC Networks website. Uh, to reaching out to us to partner on any of the programs, OJT, which is on the job training, Project Empowerment, DC Career Connections, um, DCIA, oh my goodness, I haven't talked about DCIA today, but um, through, you know, the mayor's wisdom and, and, and innovation and leadership, we launched the DC Infrastructure Academy to give uh, people of an opportunity to work um, and both traditional uh, infrastructure uh, sectors and IT infrastructure. So we can help employers so many ways, and we want to be the chosen partner for employers, um, and we want to flood the, um, the pipeline with talented D.C. residents. Great. And then if you are a D.C. resident and you're looking for your next opportunity, where should you go? Same place, does.dc.gov, um, and you can click on any link that says Job Seekers. So here's the fun question. So who goes to the WIC? So the WIC is the, the glue. I would say we're the glue. We're the enabling sort of, you know, quarterback, backbone, cheerleader for all of our agencies because for all the work that Dr. Morris Hughes and her colleagues and the amazing folks at DOES do, we also have a number of other agencies that folks don't necessarily think about necessarily, uh, as they think about talent. Um, Department of Human Services through TANF and SNAP, we have a number of folks uh, getting job training, occupational skills training through those programs and agencies as well. The Department of Disability Services, OSSI's Adult Education Program. Uh, and so the WIC really works in partnership with all of these partners and agencies as well as our education partners in the K-12 and UDC um, to, to build out all of the resources. So no matter which door you come through, does.dc.gov being a, a great place to go, but folks might already be interacting with these other organizations or agencies or community-based organizations. Our job is to make sure that no matter where you come in, you can get connected. And so we're building some of the tools and data infrastructure to support all of that. 
and we'll go to the phone lines now. Uh, we have a couple callers who have been waiting patiently. I want to thank those folks. And if you do have a question, uh, you can press zero now, and we'll try to get you in. But why don't we go to our first uh, call from Alex in Ward 2. Uh, Alex, can you hear me? Uh, yes, hello. My name is Alex. I'm from Ward 2, and I'd like to ask such a question. So in relation to the employment and in relation to um, like people returning to their job places, what are the uh, plans of D.C. government to, uh, to, to do COVID-19 testing? And who would be responsible within the D.C. government for uh, planning and uh, implementing DC test, uh, uh, COVID-19 testing? Thank great. you. That's a really, thank you, Alex, for that question. Uh, really great question. And it's actually something that we have underway already. Uh, so if you go to the coronavirus.dc.gov website uh, and you click on testing, uh, you'll see a whole schedule uh, that we put out each week uh, that tells you where you can get testing. There are some regular sites uh, that happen. Uh, one is actually not far from where we are today on F Street between uh, 5th and 4th Street, or I should say 4th and 5th Street, uh, right near the National Building Museum. And that site is open every uh, weekday, Monday through Friday, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. There's also sites that uh, rotate a couple days a week. Uh, and in the evenings, we have uh, testing at firehouses uh, around the city. We also have Saturday tests. So the best thing to do to find a site uh, that is closest to you and convenient for you in terms of timing would be to go to coronavirus.dc.gov uh, and look for the testing tab, and that lays out uh, the schedule uh, for you. Uh, and anyone who's uh, a district resident or who works in uh, D.C. in an essential business can go uh, to that testing site. Uh, the good thing is that the testing site is, uh, has a turnaround at this point uh, of about two, two and a half days. Uh, in terms of how quickly the tests are turned around. But we do ask folks to always consult their doctor. Uh, if their doctor can't provide a test, then they can go to those testing sites uh, and be tested. Um, and we'll get that turned around, like I said, uh, about two and a half days uh, after the test is administered. Um, so again, coronavirus.dc.gov for more on that. Uh, next up is William. Uh, William, uh, can you hear us, William, in Ward 1? Uh, good afternoon, uh, Deputy Mayor. Uh, I have a quick question. Uh, I appreciate the fact that we have this um, uh, work, work workshop that's on now. I wanted to find out what can we do to have a specific one directly identified for specifically just the Department of Employmental Services and all of the job opportunities and things specifically in the district. I understand that this is shared with the Office of small and local business, and I think that's a good resources. But there are a lot of people in the district who are really struggling and want to understand what resources are out there, what's going on. Can we have the next one of these just specifically focused solely on employment and what's going on in the city, the trends, the opportunities, um, just so we don't get lost in this hour, uh, you know, because employment is so specific and important in the district? And this is, and you're referring to uh, folks who are seeking employment, correct? Well, I'm talking about folks in general. I think that this was uh, Dr. Morris Hughes had a very broad presentation, and uh, the director of the WIC had a very broad presentation. And I think that um, the importance of this 
could get lost in the fact that it shifted from one to the other and then it went right into small and local business. I think if we could have an opportunity to have both of them sit on a panel and talk a little bit about this, just them solely by themselves, and specifically have this focus on, uh, you know, employment, the trends that are going on, what's happening now, where are we going moving forward, all of those type of things, because I think we are really losing the fact that the employment in the District of Columbia is probably the most important issue as we begin to recover. There are a lot of people who are struggling in this city, not only to figure out where they're going to go next, but where they're going to go forward. And I think that, you know, we need an hour specifically focused on the employment opportunities, employment for the district residents solely. I love it. Well, thank you for that feedback, and I appreciate it. Uh, I think it is something that we can uh, focus in on and hone in on more. Yeah. And I'd, kick I, it over I'd be happy to, um, you know, come back anytime, and we can bring uh, employers and um, experts in the industry on how to, um, like, job coaches and how to get people employed. Um, I could talk all day about unemployment insurance. So um, you say the word, and I'm happy to come back and um, bring whoever uh, else to be on a panel. And uh, Director Whitfield laid out some of the engagements that they're doing. Do you, where's a good place for people to find uh, DOES's engagement and how they're uh, available to people? Good question. So I just visited the DOES website to see um, all the information that we have for job seekers. Uh, DOES.dc.gov under services. Um, and then under services, there are probably 10 different separate pages on, on types of programming, programming for seniors, programming for veterans, um, project empowerment, which is for returning citizens, DC Career Connections, which is for court-involved older youth, our Office of Youth Program. So that's a good place to learn um, different, about different activities, engagements that we, um, that we are doing. Um, and then um, our social media um, presence, I think, is pretty um, expansive and large with lots of different uh, information, including engagement. So we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. Great. And then, Anna, just, uh, you gave a presentation. I know you went through it quickly. Lots of content. But if people do want to understand a little bit more about what you studied, are there uh, webinars, are there different interactions that you have planned? Yes, absolutely. So one of the uh, roles of the Workforce Council and our board is to support the coordination. Uh, and uh, a lot of that happens through the American Job Center. And as I said, there's actually um, more than eight partners, agencies, organizations, uh, government and non-government, that all can offer services. And so what we've been doing in the last several months is really working with all of them uh, to pivot a lot of what they're doing to be able to provide that virtually. And so we actually just had a training uh, a focus on how we support and think about case management in a virtual context. And so um, we are working with our, um, our coordinating partners to think about uh, what we can do to make more of this available uh, and, and webinars and uh, also just recording some of these trainings and making them available on, the, on our websites is certainly one of the actions we'll be taking. So um, I imagine when Dr. Morse Hughes and I come back for this uh, very smartly suggested uh, panel and conversation, we'll have even more to share. And um, Deputy Mayor, just one other thing. Um, 
There's been a lot of discussion about Talent Tuesdays. I will make sure that on the DOES website we have a list of all of the Talent Tuesdays that are coming up and how um, both employers and job seekers can sign up to participate. And really the reason we do these weekly check-ins is to hear direct feedback from where people, are, where people need more information. Uh, so that was good feedback uh, for us. And we've got time for one more call. Uh, so we're going to go to Laura uh, in Ward 3. Uh, Laura, can you hear me? Laura? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, hello, can you hear me? Hi, sorry for the background noise. I have four kids and dinner as I'm calling to ask this question. I'm following up um, a group of us parents and teachers and small businesses have discussed the idea of also similar to how restaurants recently received money, winterization for outdoor dining, um, to broaden the discussion into the form of economic recovery to talk about funding for outdoor classrooms to make that a way when people as a way to get children back to school more safely. And I wanted to know how we could start a dialogue about making something like that become um, more integrated between education and the economy. Thank you. Um, well, thank you for that uh, question, Laura. Uh, what I'll, do is, uh, I'll make sure we get you looped in uh, with Deputy Mayor Kine uh, to talk a little bit more about some of those investments. Uh, Laura was actually alluding to a program that we talked a lot about uh, or have talked a lot about on these check-ins, which is our Strudery Winter Ready uh, program, which provides a $6,000 grant uh, to restaurants to uh, allow them to sort of winterize uh, their outdoor dining uh, experiences. Uh, and so those uh, distributions are actually happening uh, as we speak uh, with our partners at the Mayor's Office of Nightlife and Culture, uh, as well as the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington and the Latino Economic Development Corporation. Uh, and then, as Laura mentioned, uh, we're uh, also looking forward to uh, early November, uh, November 9th, when uh, DCPS will open up its elementary schools uh, to students. Uh, there's actually important notifications uh, that are going out to DCPS families uh, this week uh, to talk about the availability of a seat at their schools uh, in a classroom, in a care classroom, uh, so look for information uh, about that as well. Uh, before I close out, I want to just uh, give our panelists kind of their opportunity to give a parting uh, thought. Uh, as we close out, uh, I'll close with Christy uh, first, just to uh, give kind of any uh, final observations about uh, what we discussed today. Uh, thank you, Deputy Mayor. Uh, I, I think I just want to quickly thank the businesses that are listening and across the city for, you know, continuing to, to forge ahead. We know this is super tough. We know we don't have the answers. And what I want you to hear from me is that, you know, my team, you know, on behalf of the Deputy Mayor and the Mayor are, are working as hard as we can to create as many resources and opportunities as we can. So please stay engaged with us. Um, dslbd.dc.gov. Um, it, it can sometimes feel a little overwhelming, and it is, but we are here to help. You are not alone, so please reach out, and if we, if we can help, we will, and if we can't, we'll try to connect you with the resources that are available. Thank you. Um, and then next up uh, is one of our employers, uh, Victor. Uh, we talked a lot about HOPE, uh, which is uh, health opportunity. 
uh, prosperity and equity. And so I want to just close out your final thoughts about what we talked about today um, and your parting advice to those who are watching. Um, my parting advice really is um, as far as the job, because I took down some notes. So the gentleman that was uh, really talking about um, ensuring that um, jobs are made available as an employer, TCS is my business partner. And I pick up the phone and I talk to them ongoingly um, with any opportunity that we have. There's the Talent Tuesday that we talked about, but there's also a virtual job fair that is being held this upcoming Friday that my organization will be participating in. So for those who are looking for career opportunities, I'd like to give out my website, www.v-chatsolutions.net forward slash careers. On that, you will see health opportunities as we are, we're looking for nurses, social workers, as um, well as clinicians, but we're also looking for technology folks, uh, network engineers, programmers, network administrators. So I invite you to go. You can apply online. Um, a lot of the openings we post with DOES as well. So we would, you know, welcome the opportunity to know that you're out there and see what next steps could possibly be. Well, Victor, thank you for that. We'll make sure that we get all that information about that virtual uh, job fair and get that out on our social media as well. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Tom, you shared an email address, but any other parting thoughts? Oh, thank you, John. So, I just want to say that although we've all been affected by coronavirus, it's been hard on everybody. The, the, the construction industry is one industry that has stayed open all during this time. And I think the opportunities are still there in construction, and DOES is really the place to register if you want a job in construction. Um, we, have, we work with Mike Watts, and we work with Terry and DiCarlo, and, and that side as an employer. But we also have a host agency uh, agreement with uh, Clayton Witt, and that actually helps, I think, the individual who's looking to get into construction. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities, and we have, we have subcontractors that are looking for work, workers every day. Great. Thank you for that. Anna? Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Uh, I would just say, again, we have a lot of resources. We'll make sure that folks can find this information, find these resources. Um, and I would just offer, you know, the WIC's role and our board are, are deeply committed to uh, ensuring we are building back better. And so uh, how we ensure that there's access for all of the folks who've never yet taken advantage of all the great resources that D.C. government provides and our agencies are providing, uh, our focus remains on making sure that uh, employers, residents, those who want to support both sides uh, can get to this information most easily. And so look forward to working with uh, all of you to do that. Unique. So uh, I want to thank um, you, Deputy Mayor, for putting this discussion together. Um, I look, look forward to coming back in the near future um, to discuss everything in the world of employment and even unemployment. Um, 
Tom and Victor, um, I owe you all so much. Thank you for being such amazing employer uh, employer partners. Um, we're so happy to be working with you. Um, we look forward to continuing to nurture and grow the partnership and relationship that we have. Thank you um, again. Um, to all of our job seekers that are out there, we have resources, we have programs, we have opportunities please visit does.dc.gov to learn how we can support you. And to employers, um, we want to be your partner of choice when it comes to um, helping you staff your teams, your offices, your workforce, your industry. Please visit us at does.dc.gov. Thank you. Great. And I want to thank all of our panelists for joining us today. Really a whole lot of information. Uh, I didn't write down all the websites that we gave out, uh, but there's a lot of information. If you do follow up, uh, there's a resource for you. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to highlight was uh, today uh, we opened up another key component of our response uh, to the COVID-19 epidemic, and that is our exposure notification. If you go, if you have an iPhone, and you go to your settings, uh, look for the exposure notification uh, setting, and you can easily turn that on in just a couple of steps. Uh, it takes about 30 seconds to do, and it will help us immensely uh, with contact tracing as we move forward uh, in the pandemic. If you have an Android, uh, you can go and download the app, uh, look for the DC COVID uh, alert uh, notice. Uh, that would be the name of the app, so it's the DC CAN app. Uh, so look for that, uh, and again, we uh, mentioned a lot of resources uh, about our recovery, uh, as we like to do uh, during our weekly check-ins, uh, and we post all this information uh, at the DC, uh, at the, excuse me, at the coronavirus.dc.gov slash recovery. So again, that website is coronavirus.dc.gov slash recovery. Thank you all, and be safe.